And his name is Guest. <laughs> How are you doing, Guest? Hello, lad. <laughs> nice, nice to have a chance to come on and banter with you guys that I somehow know for some reason from some place long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the uh, <laughs> was it the uh, the call- Dragon Energy's calling show was the last time you were on. <laughs> That's right, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I I, it. Drag, when we hosted by Dragon Energy. You know, something <laughs> yeah. funny is he went on one of them one of them one streams recently. He went on and I uh, raged out and they kicked him. One of them uh, flim flam muzzy jubbies ones. I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> it was the one, the femme, the female one that's uh, been causing trouble. But uh, not to uh, not to go on about that. No, that <laughs> I don't know. I, I caught it because at the time I was like, what what are they on about? What are these? Fucking flim flams. That's what I call them. It rhymes with the jizzlam. Yeah. I, uh, say, what are these flim flams blabbing on about? And then I heard Dragon Energy on there saying, "You shut the fuck up." Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. So I've actually called this Bigfoot, but it's not about Bigfoot. Are you going to talk to us about Yowies, aren't you? The the thing is, is because we haven't even had a chance to even do not even. 30 seconds of prep to even discuss what we're going to discuss is that uh, I came to tell you nothing that comes from me specifically, unless you uh, want to get into my own uh, encounter back in Australia, as you referenced there, we can, but I haven't come here to prove anything, to convince anyone, to to uh, tell my own story and, and have you all amazed at how frightening it was, but uh, to um, what I would call give an update on the stage of the game, because it does seem to be a game uh, is what we're dealing with. And I want to tell you about some figures, uh, one particular guy on YouTube uh, that's uh, been making some waves in the uh, quote-unquote community, uh, mainly because he's not in the community. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's just to, to fill you in on something that I uh, basically recently when I got a bit fatigued with uh, certain other things uh, in our circles, I thought I'll check back in on the state of it, on, on where it's all at. And uh, I found uh, some interesting progress, to say the least. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah, why I do this show, because the politics just gets a bit monotonous, doesn't it? Well, it's not that. It's like I got no place anywhere. You know, an, an Aussie fish out of water lived in a few European countries like a gypsy, settled down now in Norway. And it's like um, I, uh, I recently thought, you know, well, actually, I was in a group chat. Of, uh, and, uh, I told them, I said, you know, I'm hanging around with those lads. But, uh, briefly, you have me a channel. On that, on that well, it sounds like you disappeared into a time. bucket. Sorry, am I here? Yeah, that's better. That's better. You're back now. Did you mind yeah, slip I... off or something? 
It sounded like you went into a I bucket. Don't, I don't have a mic. I'm just talking point blank into my gamer laptop. That I'm oh, yeah. I don't know what happened then. It just sounded like you went into a bucket. That'd be that'd be the that'd be the M1s because apparently they're going after cons, but uh, see stuff uh, <laughs> these days. No, but um, <clears throat> yeah, no. Unfortunately, I don't actually have a microphone. I'm just talking into the laptop here. I hope it's good enough. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Good. Yeah, no. Um, well, uh, the thing is, is uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I uh, thought to check in on uh, the state of. Uh, of a subject that uh, I've been interested in, I can give. A, I mean, I could give a, a quick background to it if you want, and and if you really want, I can give a, an encounter story uh, from back in Australia. But um, that's not why I'm here. And like I said, it's not. We, I'm going to be discussing this as if, uh, regardless of what uh, sort of like scoffing may be going on there in, in people's minds, I'm going to be discussing this as if it's just basically fact, as if that uh, these uh, unknown hominids are real on various continents. Uh, quite frankly, because they are. Uh, <clears throat> now, the experience uh, in Australia that led me to this was one that I'd sort of, um, how do you say, suppressed for a while because it happened when I was younger. And, you know, like the sort of the PTSD of like, you know, try to forget, try to forget what happened sort of thing. But, well, um, that's the thing, because when you when when people talk about the paranormal, when they talk to psychologists, they go psychologists. They they say, well, immediately you'll think it's a ghost, but but it's quite the opposite, really, isn't it? Because the the first thing your brain will do try and, is is try and convince you it's anything but what you've seen, isn't it? Well, what I would say is that Australia is a unique position because there are no bears to say it was a bear. So the closest thing you can do is say it was a kangaroo uh right now all right fuck it i'll just i'll just go into the quick little quick background of of how i got an initial interest and then disinterest shall we say uh, something that happened as a certain researcher i'm going to get to says an experience that you didn't ask for that you never looked for and this is another subject we're going to get to is the people that are looking for it aka a glow-related TV grift op of people going into the woods and preposterously banging on trees and hooping out in the woods. At oh, God, time there's, with a, there's an absolute, like, there's loads of them, aren't there, of finding Bigfoot mountain monsters. Right. Well, They're just good. the well, first two that come off the top of my head. Because that is related to a, a, an operation that's higher up uh that's been exposed by this particular canadian hunter that we'll get to um well we can jump straight into him and uh, maybe i'll tell my my little tale afterwards if you if you want to hear it because like i said individual tales are everywhere people's accounts are everywhere people's experiences you don't need to hear another one from me you can just know that that is how how and why i know the shit's real but uh, i will say quickly that my encounter uh, when i was a young tacker was uh, when i was um was in the late 80s so i was a boy was with uh smaller ones uh you call them the, the new name the, the colonial name they call them brown jacks and what they are is essentially the homo floriensis uh, 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 a living you know because homo floriensis is proved real assuming you know what that is uh just explain uh, to people that don't know okay well and that includes basically, me basically around 2000 oh geez what was it, it was We'll say it was around 20 years ago. Australian uh, researchers discovered like small skeletons in Indonesia uh, of like what seemed to be tool, what what were tool-using hominids that were three foot tall. 
uh, when you think about like pygmies and little dwarfs and stuff like that, they're like four or five foot tall. So this is like little critters. This is actual hobbits. Yeah. Yeah. Hobbit. <laughs> uh, so, so three foot tall little buggers now, actually. And if you Google Homo Flores on YouTube, the first video will come up as these Indonesian trail bikers that come across a little bugger that runs off in the woods. So they're, you know, you could say it's that you could say it was the critters that attacked the GI American uh, and Australian soldiers in Vietnam. Basically, we're talking about little buggers, little little hairy hominids that are uh, more uh, troublesome than the than their larger brothers, uh, according to Aboriginal folklore and according to. Uh, Don't they like something account. akin to the gremlin? Then are they? You think they're that kind of? Uh, well, it's often said that their European counterpart is le is legends of uh, dwarves and fairies, and uh, in Nordic countries, you call them Nisse and Tomte, and uh, the little Santa Claus figures of uh, Nordic folklore. You know, where where the Santa Claus sort of like image comes from, the little grey bearded uh, gnomes with the red hats and whatnot. And in Iceland, it's serious business. You know, they build roads to avoid where they say they live in little boulders and caves and then that gets into sort of david polite's territory of uh, little occupants of uh boulderous areas that may or may, well, actually, may, or may not because I, I did an episode on fairies and, and and i think that some of the not missing 411 stuff could be fairies because you know the stuff about when people walk into a fairy ring and disappear mm. yeah well, that's very similar this is it this is this, this, this subject's going to get to the disappearance things and, and what and what more it's going to get to is the the person I want to talk about mostly is friends with Pilates now. So, I mean, we can, we can, we can jump into that in a second, but what I was going to say is that Australia doesn't back to the, the wildlife. Australia doesn't have bears. doesn't have moose. It doesn't have any large critters. So all right, I'll just like rapid speed, give you a rundown. I, uh, in, 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 as a boy, uh, had a, a friend whose parents were uh, geologists and, uh, on a weekend, uh, on several weekends, uh, I'd uh, do anything to go out with them uh, out a few hours out of Sydney to an area called Oberon, where they do a mixture of uh, a little bit of geology and a little bit of trout fishing in a place called Lake Oberon, right? So at the same time as we were uh, sieving the creek for sapphires and topaz and stuff, we'd have uh, traps set for um, little little crayfish, um, little mini lobsters for bait for the trout and that. And... Uh, so we were there and I was there with my friend uh, and two of his older brothers. One was like uh, about 15 and the other one had his license. And so we came in two separate cars. He had a four-wheel Subaru. We're down in there. And this one time we uh, we we hatched a plan, us young'uns, you know. Uh, me, I was, uh, you know, was, I think I was like nine or ten. And uh, we, had, we hatched a plan to like dislodge this massive boulder to uh, tip it over with a crowbar and then dig underneath it to get some unexplored earth to find a big sapphire. You know, I had a bit of the old uh, jew jewel, <clears throat> jewel <laughs> fever Sorry, yeah. uh, <clears throat> uh, for gemstones. You know, it's quite addictive, actually, once you find a sapphire or two. But um, uh, so at this one particular weekend because i've done it several times you know i i did anything to get away from home back then we were uh, we we're out there and it was sort of getting late in the afternoon and the the parents went off they went back to the hotel where they were staying and we said look we want to stay for a while and make a little campfire and uh you know just uh continue on for a little bit and they said all right but you know don't don't take too long because we had the, the older brother had his car 
and as soon as they left, we got up there and we jacked off this boulder that was up on the up 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 from the creek up a little hill, and it came thundering down this massive boulder like crash smashed through this willow tree in the creek bank. It was reckless and destructive uh, behavior, and this is where I'm going with that. Is I think it drew the attention of these buggers, so. We gathered up some sacks of soil and we planned to go through them back in Sydney. We didn't have the time to sift it and you can't see during the night anyway. We made a little fire and whatnot and um, he was just grilling some, uh, some uh, what you call, sausages, whatever. And uh, basically what happened is is that uh, I, we seen uh, these critters come from, the area was open near the creek, but it was like there was a, like a edge of a forest uh, close by. And uh, basically one of them peered out from an old dead tree, an old dead gum tree, right? Peered out and then quickly went behind the tree again. And the thing is, is that, and this is what I will say now upon hindsight and, and also why, you know, you know it wasn't a kangaroo, is that in, only an intelligent creature knows to peer and then quickly hide itself, right? So we we immediately, we got... We go. What the fuck was that? And we noticed there was another one. And these are in the in in the in the evening, and when it was getting dark from a distance, they they seemed to be small, like small little ape buggers. Now, I was uh, quite a reckless uh, youth uh, back then, and I immediately picked up a bottle, like the flight or f the fright or flight uh, uh, kicks in. And I picked up a bottle of methylated spirits, uh, undid the cap, and lobbed it at the tree uh, where we've seen it. And uh, and then I then I proceeded to lob a, a burning branch from the fire at where the bottle landed, and it went up like poof, and the fucking tree went up. You know, it's it's kind of reckless, uh, but it wasn't around you know where the bush is. Not that I would have given a shit anyway. And they all scampered off back into the woods. We went to the car and we had to, we couldn't just tear off because it was in a four wheel uh, with like lots of like potholes and the, and the damaged terrain. So we had to take it easy as we were going out, otherwise get stuck in, you know, I still had to navigate going as fast as we can. And as we got to the part of the road where you could start to speed off, several branches like came bang, bang on the side of the car. Like they were throwing shit at the car. So you have two things here. You have, one that they put their heads around the tree and then hid back again and then you had they were throwing shit at the car right there's no kangaroos that have opposable thumbs that i know of so what i'm talking about here is that we encountered a, a group of hominids in the australian bush in a remote area where most people don't go the parents the geologists they had special permission by the land landowners to go on this property by this creek side to fossic for the gemstones and I basically tried to put this incident out of my mind. So I'll just take a breath here and let you guys comment on that if you want. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty fucking damaged, really. Yeah, it sounds How big with these things. They're, like I said, three to four foot. Now you could think they were juvenile bigfoots of the big bigfoots, like babies, because apparently youthful bigfoots are quite reckless and uh, curious and have less. Uh, caution with humans but there were multiple multiple of them in later years i found out that these there's i can i mean another time if we had the prep ready uh there's reports of these things uh attacking people like reports in newspapers like reports that there's like countless reports on a certain um archive of them 
so they're, they're in, in native law, like this is another thing when we get to, you know, our sort of circles of how arrogant we are against native populations. You have a situation where both in Australia and in the new America, Canada and America, you have a situation where the native populations knew the rules. They knew the rules about where you can go, where you can't go, where you can hunt, what time you can hunt, what berries you can pick, when you have to go home. You basically have these these legends and these rules that were arrogantly ignored by pioneer settlers. And one part of their law was that these little buggers were more dangerous than the than the larger variety, which uh, turns out we would have we were close to being ham sandwiches. They're cannibals as well. The cannibals are man eaters. Sorry. Wow. So apparently they used to kidnap, uh, you know, any anyone who dared to venture off uh, out of the, out of the camp and and like i said you know these native peoples across the world they don't have these things that are non-fantastical regulations for no reason there's nothing mythological or dreamtime serpent about this it was just this don't go here don't go near there those those buggers are there they live there we live here Anyway, so I don't want to, like I said, I didn't want to go on about that too long. And I'm not even telling this story as a qualification to say, like, hey, this is why I'm, this is why I'm interested in this. This is why I know they're real because I have an, another encounter with the larger ones uh, in later life. Uh, won't get to that. But the point is, is that well, the point we'll say there's a difference between a sighting and an encounter, right? A sighting is what it says is a sighting. An encounter can be hearing them breathing or screaming or whatever it can be smelling them or it can be hearing them making noise with the brush like running off into the into the bushland like a steam train breaking branches and or or or, or throwing objects these are what counts as non-sighting encounters and they're all over the world and they live underground pretty much in certain well areas. well if you get into this the basic bitch sort of like quote-unquote research is sort of like common conclusion is like yeah every indigenous culture has names for them from australia where they have hundreds of different names um actually the aboriginal name is jinjaji the settlers called them brown now, now, another thing I want to mention is that this was just a matter of fact reporting in the 1800s by uh, Anglo settlers. They just, matter of fact, said there is an indigenous ape. Not only that, there were uh, small ones and large ones. They called the one in the Blue Mountains, two hours out of Sydney, the Blue Mountains gorilla, the one in the Brindabella, the one in the... So what do you what do you think they are then? Do you think they're they're an ape or are they like a, a... no? This is this is the thing. This is the thing, right? This is the thing where I want to get to with the main core of the subject tonight. The grift operation, right? The the aim of that grift is to mislead, ridicule, continue the culture of scoffing, mockery, and laughter, and first and foremost, is to misdirect the narrative that it is more ape-like than it is human-like. That is their goal. They want you thinking it is more animal-like. However, to quote 
a certain madman who followed the tracks of the famous Paddy Prince 11 days after the Patterson film and uh, found himself in quite a uncomfortable position at nighttime. We'll get into that later. He said, it's not an ape, because if it was an ape, we would have had one by now. I mean, do you, do you think they are a flesh and blood thing or do you think they're more of a supernatural thing? Because we don't, we haven't found an injured, well, not that we know of, we haven't found an injured one and we sit and we, and we haven't found a dead one, have we? No, well, that's, that, well, that depends on what sources you look by. In the fur trading and in, in early days of Commonwealth Canada, they, they took a live one on a ship, apparently, back trying to take it back to England. Apparently it died on board and they fucked it overboard. Uh, there's also been earlier cases of being shot the thing the thing what seems what seemed what i was talking before about the rules is what it seems like is upon early uh, european settlement in north america it seems like they were more inclined to redact settlers in the early days before they realized we had bang sticks they were like oh hang on a second these these this new kind of human are a little bit more dangerous to deal with they've got these funny sticks that go bang but in the early days, they'd been more willing to take it out. And apparently, there were cases where we had taken it out. Whereas in Australia, in, uh, in, 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 the, the answer to your question is that they are, very, they are uh, physical. However, this leads into another subject regarding another more, uh, another much more uh, complicated realm of uh, being misled is that. What it seems to be is that there seems to be an intentional uh, controlled opposition of course to there may be hundreds of years of suppression of our own abilities and that would be uh, loosely the sixth sense so, hold on you got you gone back into the, you gone back into the bucket <clears throat> no i wonder why <clears throat> oh, that's better that's better uh, am i back again you're back again though Right, right, yeah, no. I was saying this leads into a more general, like anyone that knows the person I'm going to uh, mention soon, his name is uh, he's a hunter from Canada named Steve, uh, Steve Isdahl, is that this is about our our sixth sense, our ability. You know, when you, you see the, the expression, you've got the hair standing up on the back of your neck and you feel like something's watching you. Yeah. yeah. What it concerns is that these creatures are far more in, in tune with these sort of uh, abilities. Like, all right, let's let's take something slightly humorous, but for an example, I'm sure you all know Danny Dyer. Uh, now, uh, <laughs> so D Danny Danny Dyer did a show called Danny Dyer's Deadliest Man. You may have seen it about ten years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember that show. And and one of them, he went to this 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 Iraq soldiers. Uh, he went to visit this Iraqi soldier guy who was in the the war. Um, his name was Mo Teague. And it was he was quite a vicious lad. He was he, he knocked Danny on the chin in the pub, and he was showing him these vicious tactics and all that. And in one of those episodes, he was saying that whenever they crept up behind someone, behind to uh, to take him out, you know, to get him in a in a Nelson and a headlock, and then uh, dispatch them, he says he never looked at their back until you looked at the ground as you were as you were sneaking up on them, and then at the very last minute you grabbed them, but you never looked at their back, is what this guy said as a soldier, as just a normie brutal soldier because looking at their back they could they could get that sense and turn around right get your six cents up that you're being watched right right so what it is is that certain guys i'm going to get into is convinced that we as our species have been intentionally 
blocked from being in touch with our ability that these things still have and obviously have more than we do because their lounge room is the forest and the woods you know that's their lounge room now this is kind of like graham hancock tier war on consciousness sort of thing but uh, to answer the question about whether they're real or least they're real but they have they're more in tune with an ability that we also uh, had and have Yeah, I, de I definitely feel that like as a people that we've lost the knowledge over the years. That that's it's a, it's yeah. just a feeling I've got. I don't I haven't really got anything to back it up, but I I feel that we know less these days than we used to. Yeah, well, this this ability would have saved our lives when we actually had to live in the real world, and the real world is this world. The real world, no matter what God you whatever whatever God you believe in, whatever your spirituality is, is that as we know and what we were talking about earlier about what is uh, this constructed uh, cosmopolitan sort of lifestyle is as well we can be proud of achievements and industrial revolutions and you know spurg about fucking steam trains or whatever the zoomers are doing it's just it's like okay yeah accomplishments accomplishments that's great however it's it's basic um uh, I mean, I don't even want to be so cringe as to call it Evolian, you know, did you know, ride the tiger, right? No, but it's not about that. It's about as further as we've progressed, technologically speaking, we've de-evolved spiritually, to put it simply. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, this because right, so I, I was saying the other day about, you know, these, the, these, these poor people that are on the dole and and you know don't work and stuff like that i mean they haven't even got like the basic bit of like hunter i mean go, going out to work essentially is our replacement for hunter gathering isn't it yeah well the thing is is that a lot of our failures have been because of our arrogance you know like um they there's a lot of like i always use the example of the norse in greenland and their failure their failure to survive even though they lived there for centuries and most of your your you know your your academics and that will say it's because they ref, they they stubbornly refuse to wear the the seal skins and and to be more hunter gatherer than dependent on their farming and the sheep and the the pastoralism and the cows and you know the cheese making and all this sort of thing. But when it comes down to it, uh, hunter gathering uh, or hunting is more reliable than farming. Uh, and, um, and then we're going to get to the subject, uh, what I wanted to get to now with the state of the game is, this is going to be a little bit of a jump in the deep end, but what it seems to be the situation in North America is that logging and clearing the woods has opened up a lot more areas to leafy growth and the undergrowth, which has led to an explosion in the deer population, which, wait for it, has led to an explosion in the Sasquatch population. And these critters are becoming more and more of a nuisance. And part of the reason why I'm interested in it, and I think maybe, Hemi, you may have seen me chatting with someone uh, in a chat or on his stream recently, a certain stubborn American, uh, <laughs> which is maybe why you messaged me about it. I don't know. Oh, it's, actually, it's actually Donnie. He said, he said Donnie, Donnie said, you've got to get a guest on. He said, talking about the little buggers, he said it was brilliant. So he said, that, that, that's it. I've got Donnie to thank for this. All right. Well, the thing is, is my issue where it relates to us, and it does relate to Britain as well, because they they live in in the Caledonian forest as well. They live in Britain. I'll give you a link to an episode later. 
uh, not as much, but they, 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 what it, what it is, is, is who are the people that live rurally in like for America, for example, there's only one sort of people. We know what sort of people there, and that's how it relates back to our sort of thing. Right. Uh, the people that live rurally are the ones who have to deal with these, these, these things. And, um, apparently they're becoming more and more of a nuisance. And that seems to be because their population has been exploding. Uh, now, I know this sounds nuts, but like I said, the conversation is going to be along the line. So we just take it as a given that they are, that they are out there. And because we can, I can try to bring it back to, I want to introduce this person I want to talk about, who is a, a friend of David Pilates, uh, is that the people in the early reports going back, whether it's Australian or American history back 1800s or 1700s are salt of the earth people. They are people building train tracks. They are trappers, they are loggers, they are hunters. They are hardy pioneer mountain men. They're the sort of people that don't fuck around and make up bullshit. Yeah, that's, yet, what, I was gonna, that's people, what I was saying. They're also the sort of people that aren't gonna tell, tell, tell tales like this, are they? No, and okay, so, all right, let's just jump into it. There's a there's a guy called Steve Isdal. He's he had a YouTube channel where he made hunting videos, hunting uh, hunting wildlife videos for years. A, a lady friend of mine introduced me to it recently, uh, actually, English lady. So I'll give her a shout out. Uh, he um he all of a sudden stopped making these video, uh, started making videos about Sasquatch. This is a, he's a, he's a, he's a guide, so he takes people on hunting guides in British Columbia up in the mountains, you know. And uh, all of a sudden, he decided, "Look, I'm gonna. I'm, I can't can't let it go any longer. The governments are lying to us. The governments know all about it. They don't have our interest at heart. They are not giving you the information necessary to know that uh, one is none and two is one. That means you don't go in the woods alone, and that there that he, there is a very real danger, and that there is not really that many positive encounters with these things. And that what it seems to be is that." Predators like cougar or whatever, predators don't give their prey a warning. So when these things start throwing rocks and start yelling and, 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 and screaming, they're telling you to fuck off. They're giving you a warning. They're saying, you're too close. You need to fuck off. So this guy starts making these videos because his own grandfather told him in confidence one day, yeah, look, you know, I had an experience and he himself was hesitant to bring it up uh, with uh, with people. And he he talks about this PTSD scenario, the situation where the aforementioned salt of the earth uh, characters who have been in the woods their whole lives one day have an encounter they didn't ask for that changes them forever, that puts a fear into them that they never that they never could have uh, dreamt of. That makes them not want to do what they do anymore. It makes them not want to go hunting anymore. And uh, and Steve's goal, he says, he doesn't give a shit about convincing people about this. He's created a, for lack of a better term, a safe space for people to give their reports free of ridicule and or uh, uh, being um, having their reports abused. Because so, what, so what what's happening? Is, so what's happening in these account encounters that are scaring these guys so much? that they don't want to go back into the woods. Is it the intelligence aspect of it or is it the, or is there something else going on? No, well, yeah, well, if, if you, if you come up, basically like, okay, like he said, like he's, 
another part of this guy's channel is people using their real names and military personnel have contacted him. And they've, he said 100% of cases from former veterans from war, from wars, from, from Nam, from Afghanistan, Korea, Iraq, whatever you name it, they said that they have been more terrified than anything they experienced in wartime. And what is it is they say is when they make eye contact with it, they say that not only is it uh, fearful from their direction, but apparently there's something about us that they are afraid of when they make eye contact with us. There is some sort of telepathy. There's some sort of communication that they know something about us that we don't know. And he says that in order to understand them, we need to understand ourselves properly. Oh, yeah, because we, we definitely, we don't, we don't know anything about ourselves really, do we? <laughs> and we, beca and we, and we, we, we become more and more detached daily, don't we? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, to answer you, I don't know. All I know is that if you, like Steve's own encounters are, are multiple, but the first was when he was young. But the one he talks about the most is that he was coming back because this guy's like fucking hard as nails and he's he's really, you know, crass mouthed. He doesn't give a shit. He says he's not afraid of any man. A lot of these men, they're not afraid of any man. I actually uploaded on my channel a, a, an Aussie biker talking about how he's you know he's had brawls with bikers and hairy men baseball bats and stuff like that and he said but when i came across this thing it's like oh well the worst it can do is kill you <laughs> but uh he's, he's uh you can oh well, anyway it's on my other channel but um uh, <clears throat> the thing is is that steve talks about how one day he was coming back in from one of his because uh, he goes out solo and he says that he was going back the way he came in back out in this mountainous bc in british columbia and uh one was up on a rock looking at him sort of like crouched sitting on a rock looking at him uh and it's almost like it didn't think that he'd seen it so he's walking back he's like holy shit there's this thing checking me out like looking at me and he thought might be that might be him that might be him done for you know so uh that's that's the encounter he talks about the most but i wanted to quickly mention about the ridicule thing is like He's written a book uh, called uh, When Sasquatch Became Real for Me. And he, he tells in one of his videos, uh, I mean, you get the best picture if you just go and watch his videos. But um, he, he, he tells about how when he went back to uh, see some old, some old uh, good old boys that he worked with, I don't know if it's the wrong term, but some, some old uh, fishermen that he worked with as, when he was younger. And they'd heard he'd written a book, but they didn't know what it was about. Some, something along those lines. I think they're also like he worked with them as firemen, some just like, you know, tough lads on the coast. And I said, so, Steve, I heard you you written a book. Now, what's it about? And he says that he will be damned if you let any man look at him and laugh at him in the face after, especially men he knows, uh, after he tells them what it is. And so he just outright said, it's about Sasquatch. It's about when I seen it and they're real. And he said he looked at them and he looked them down. He didn't want to stare them down because they were his mates, you know. And they looked at him and they realized he wasn't joking. And they said, oh, all right, then tell us about it, you know. Now, his goal on this channel is he's pissed off with the BFRO, with the grifters, with the TV shows, with this guy, particular uh, Matt Moneytaker, as he says, because he refuses to take his uh, say his name properly. What's the, uh, what's the BFRO? That, is that like the Bigfoot version of MUFON then, is it? Exactly, right. Now he says, and get this, this will get real spicy and get the stream shut down. He says, <laughs> uh, witness reports are taken by these these people, handed on to, uh, well, things that are onto the word that uh, 
rhymes with blow. We'll call them fireflies. <laughs> uh, he says they pass on the information to the fireflies, and the fireflies go in there and try to exterminate them. Oof. And he's saying that the reason they're doing this is because they don't want us to know that a free people of sort exist on this planet. They don't want us to know that they live with no laws out there free and they are in touch with the abilities we were talking about before. Abilities that may, that we may have. So there's, there was one account of an Alaskan woman, a, a first nations woman who gave a report of seeing them. And then the next day, uh, the area uh, was, uh, it was, was scorched, burnt ashes and, and scorched earth. They'd come in and torch the place, the whole mountain, mountainside. Uh, so there seems to be something extremely sinister going on as, as, as concerning fireflies and their knowledge of these beings. So they, have really they not tried issue. to kind of weaponize these things then, or do you think they've had a go at that and failed? Or I don't know. It's just I can't, I can't comment on something like yeah, that. Yeah, cause you, yeah, because you, yeah. No, I just, I just don't know. All I know is that it seems to be that they've known about them since the early days, since a fur trading company in, in Canada, uh, in in Australia. From what uh, from what I've gathered, they, I mean, you know, you can start talking about underground bases in Australia and, and Americans and putting their nose in and stuff. But they, the governments know about them. The thing is, is that when, when you, the the thing back to Steve is, is like you can't just go and report it to the cops because. The cops either will laugh at you or they're in the know and they've been given a line to tell you. Uh, yeah, it's the, it's the so classic misinformation, disinformation uh, tactics, isn't it? Yeah, well, basically, people that have a trauma from this experience have no no help. So, so we're talking about the stage of the game. Now, Steve on his channel, which if you guys want to check out is um, howtohunt.com is what you, you know. No, now it's called the facts by how to hunt, uh, com on YouTube. That's the name of his channel. He's a little bit cocky in his dismissal of what he calls quote unquote researchers, you know, and that is largely because of his, uh, he's pissed off at the way the BFRO and the, the TV finding Bigfoot grifters have taken advantage of witnesses have, told them, oh, no, you didn't see this. This is what you saw. And like I said before, no, no, it was more gorilla-like. It was absolutely not like a, a hairy hominid. Uh, and they're basically abusing and taking advantage of these witnesses and using them and then just leaving them without any support, without any reassurance. And there's people that have been deeply traumatized by this. So people like Steve have created this, 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 this community of their own to give people the support that that they need and also assistance of how to deal with these critters. Now there's another channel called uh, William Jevning, J-E-V Ning, uh, who is like, a, a, says he calls himself a 40 year researcher who is the kind of researcher not to be uh, dismissed. And uh, he's had experiences and he has, he's got some wild shows. Uh, he's got three hour podcasts. He talks about, how in North America there are four types of these things type one, type two, type three, and type four, as he calls them. What are the different types? 
Well, it's it's hard to explain because I'm not like uh, like uh, off the top of my head uh, able to like precisely uh, describe what his identification they are. But there's there's the really big ones. There's the ones that are better in temperament, the ones that are worse in temperament. The one like in Florida apparently is more aggressive than the one in the Pacific North Northeast. And then there is one that has an elongated snout, similar to a baboon, which is why people are, have these reports of what they call dog man. So, yeah, because I, I read, I read, I read something once a long time ago about one of those like that, and what it was doing it was ripping. I don't know what they mean by at the root, but they, it, this thing was ripping pig's ears out at the root. Was how, how it was described. Yeah, well, the, the shit these things do, like. I'll tell you something quickly on the side. You, you remember this report about this giant of Kandahar in Afghanistan when it was going around a few years ago? No, oh, I don't know this one. Uh, it's apparently some soldiers, some American soldiers, took down a live giant in the, in the cave mountains of Afghanistan and took it back to America. Wow. But I uh, have the privilege of working with some underlings occasionally here in a kitchen job, and um, I uh, was speaking to one of them from... Uh, the aforementioned country about this and i just straight up said do you know anything about this uh the mountains he said his father was a farmer and that they'd come down and just take a cow right under their arm and walk up into the mountains with it so they like regions uh, of mountainous areas uh, in australia they uh, apparently they lived in these caves and mountains now there's similar stories in, in australia just to go random on you uh, just to jump around a bit of uh, natives uh, and american indian and uh, aboriginal and american indian natives having similar legends of when they decided to fight back and uh, basically do a little bit of a boog on them they apparently had smoked them out of caves and when they came out speared them all now this account is uh, mirrored in the american account of Ludlow cave with these supposed what you call these red hair giants called the ct car in america i think i think autistic most dangerous anthropologist in the world robert Seffa has a video on it. hold on you got you got into the you got into the bucket again Jesus, what the fuck? You're getting too spicy. Oh, why? No, but apparently there's, there's similar accounts from Aboriginals and, and American Indians that uh, talk about this stuff where uh, where they'd uh, sort of like a boog on them and, and hunt them down and smoke them out of caves and then spear them all when they came out of the caves. And if you're familiar with the Love Lovelock Cave scenario in America, where... These uh, red-haired giants apparently lived, and the natives had uh, smoked them out of the cave and then speared them down. I was saying that uh, the uh, the most dangerous anthropologist in the world, Robert Seffer, has a video on this. What about um? Because there's that guy. Is it Paul Bunyan, Donny? You'd be more familiar with him than me. He sounds like he's a giant, doesn't he? Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. Uh, what are they called over here? Wendigo, uh, Yeti. Something, something else. Uh, Manitou. Those are some of the old legends you'd hear, you'd read about in like the old, you know. American the Wendigo was more of a spirit, though, wasn't it? I think Wendigo was more supernatural, wasn't it? I think. Oh, it's when it possesses yeah. a human. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. You heard about the Bauman story that Theodore Roosevelt had written in his book? No. no. Well. 
like I was saying about how they uh, were more inclined to redact people in the early period, is uh, Theodore Roosevelt felt fit to include this account called the Bowman story with two trappers that um, refused to listen to advice of an area not to go into. And uh, long story short, one of them ended up uh, redacted against a tree with fang marks in his neck. And uh, they said it, it, it wasn't a bear. It was this uh, hominoid prince all around the tent and they'd been terrorized by it all night long. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What do you think to uh, Dyatlov Pask? Because uh, one of the theories for that is it's some little uh, Russian um, little Russian bugger, don't they? Mm. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't guess to speculate. There's too many weird factors in that case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that and the bodies. Were the, were the, bo the bodies sat there for like six months or something, didn't they? Some, some of them did, didn't. Yeah, and they weren't I don't know, but I will say out. before we run out of time that it's important to get back to Pilates for a second because yeah. about, speaking about that reminded me of the boots and the deal, the Atlov Pass and whatnot. Now, the feature of the clothes being folded up and the and the boots and that. I wanted to say quickly that you may or may not know that Pilates had is himself a Bigfoot researcher from before and had written books and has been in contact with First Nations people. He wrote a book called Tribal Bigfoot, and another book called The Hooper Project where Pilates or Pilides gained the trust of the natives in order to give up their information and their dealings with these peoples who do have a language. And these critters, these Sasquatches, that they go to war with each other as well. They don't get along with each other either. And uh, what, what it is is that um, the missing 411 stuff is a lot of people think that because Pilates used to write books on Sasquatch, because he's mates with this guy Steve Isdal now, a lot of people are jumping to conclusions that it's Sasquatch snatching people and eating people and basically being man-eaters. Now, while I am here to say that you, the TV shows are, are dangerous by, by promoting that you should go looking for an experience with these things, which one should absolutely not be doing, uh, it's also a stretch to say that it's only Sasquatch that's responsible for these disappearing uh, peoples. Because as I said before, no other predator gives warnings when they want you to get out of their territory. No other predator throws things and yells at you like, hey, you're too close. You need to back off. You need to fuck off, right? So if a rogue, because Sasquatch are either solo or they're in a group. It's one or the other. It's like wolves. There's either, it's either a pack or, it's a, or it's, a, it's a wolf that's left the pack, a lone wolf. If, if they're responsible for some people going missing is one thing. Uh, what's more likely to happen is that they uh, they uh, they rape uh, human women. Actually, uh, so there was a, a Yowie child in Australia. There's an article, <laughs> of it, uh, <laughs> but uh, the thing is, is that the, what what Pilates, the reason he never says what he thinks it is, and the reason Steve Isdale and this other guy William Jevning are saying don't jump to the don't jump to the conclusion that it's them taking people is because uh, unfortunately, apparently there is a, there is, there are things in, in the woods, in the real world, uh, much more dangerous than hairy hominids. What do you think to fairies? Cause we did, we did a, a for the four woman, just like, just for a couple of, just, a, just like 30 seconds, because, um, no, no, the, well the four like one stuff it seems myself, it seems very similar to like fairy circles doesn't it because the, the, well, there, there was one child that was like kind of he was caught between dimensions what you have you heard that one the one the one where the kid went he went missing he was there and he was shouting to people but they couldn't hear him yeah no i've i've, I've looked into that uh i've uh 
I've read Margaret Murray's uh, The Witch Cult Across Western Europe, where she says that Joan of Arc was in contact with fairies and stuff, and how that they're usually malevolent and tricksters and um, lure you in to, uh, and you should not eat the food they give you and stuff like this. But what I what I think about it in terms of being like little flying things with wings is is not uh, obviously not like that. I I think. Uh, <sighs> This is more entering the realm. This this is entering the realm of, of dimensional sort of stuff now. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but I, I I can't resist telling you a quick story that I have firsthand, though uh, not firsthand from me, but uh, my best friend uh, from high school's parents uh, were English. They went to Australia in the eighties as businessmen. These are just business as you call bug people, you know. Business. Uh, they actually worked at the same company, you know. They uh, they said that when they got married in England down Devon, that uh, on the night of their marriage in the evening, uh, they they and other witnesses saw uh, a, a, a ring of of, of fairy like lights, of small glowing uh, fairy things, uh, dancing and singing in joy at at their wedding. Isn't that romantic? They were so happy. <laughs> Because this was like a, a childhood sweetheart scenario, and you know they'd known each other all their lives, and they got married, and, and these fairies apparently were so overwhelmed with joy that they were dancing around for everyone to see, around a hundred meters off on on the, on the hill in the countryside property. Have, have, said, you ever, I, have you ever? Have you ever read the? Have you ever read the fairy census? Did you do you know about the fairy census? No, I know the Fairy Queen by Spencer. Oh well, uh, well, in, in the, I can't remember. There, there's, a, there, there's, uh, it was in the Fourteen Times, but anyway, there, there was a, they actually did a census where people like wrote wrote in with their uh, fairy stories, and uh, yeah, there was yeah. little things like processions with little cars and things, <laughs> things like that that people have seen. Hmm. Well, if you go down the, the the Joe Rogan, Graham Hancock, DMT, blah blah blah, bullshit, clockwork, old sort of thing, that mm. um, they'll say that. These elves and goblins and fairies sort of thing is uh, medieval accounts of one and the same encounters of entities when one is in such a state that when people are on these, you know, whatever the hippy dippy, you know, the, you know, spirit quest uh, induced ethnogenic uh, trances, they see these beings, and that in medieval times it was the same thing, same entity they were communicating with. Mm. Like, I mean, I'm sure you know Graham Hancock. That's his idea. Yeah, because is, 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 is that like the, uh, is it the unified theory of the paranormal where everything, it's all the same thing, where, where like uh, demons became fairies, which became UFOs in a highly simplified version? Yeah, I don't know. It's, um, you know, speaking about this and back to the Bigfoot thing, it's like the DOD in America uh, came out that uh, that UFOs are real. But people still scoff at Bigfoot, and that's mm. just—it's uh, just kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah. I listen to uh, the yeah, Graham Hancock, also uh, Graham Hart, the uh, Sacred Cow Barbecue, and they talk about a lot of this stuff. And if you know, half of it is ancient myth to be believed, and it's you know, this stuff is real. Imagine all the the monsters from like you know Buddhist mythology, Japanese mythology. I mean, it, it, there's definitely something. Well, Rosemary Ellen Guiley talks about the gin a lot, doesn't she? She believes the gin are, are the cause of a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, well, um, uh, I don't know. I used to sort of uh, mess with this sort of stuff in my youth. Uh, 
and uh, and I had a few sort of experiences that I wouldn't uh, replicate. But, uh, I won't go into details there because it'll get my uh, goosebumps going. <laughs> Just say I played around with stuff I shouldn't have played around with, and uh, sort of you know blackbirds turning up in the middle of the night, sitting on fences watching what we were doing. It's like. <laughs> it's like... Just imagine though, with this, uh, you know, with with the whole world and you know certain parts of the world in lockdown, like these things, they must be running wild, with nobody, mm-hmm. no hunting, and you know less people around. Like, you know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we gonna have are we yeah. gonna have the the urban Bigfoot soon? Uh, you know, we've got, I've got the urban fox. <laughs> you know, the urban Bigfoot. Well, I can't. We can't finish this stream without me mentioning the the, the Scottish uh, the Scottish scenario. Uh, there's there's a there's a book that any of you can easily just go and find right now and just type in the, the history of ancient Caledonia uh, archive.org and um, just control F monkey. And uh, the the way it's written is is just ridiculous. It's um it says that uh, in the north there they had a problem with these species of monkey men, also known as the satras. And if I go by memory, or I can just look at my Twitter post, they uh, they said that this this species lived chiefly on fish and communicated by screaming with each other, and became quite a nuisance to the locals, where the women weren't allowed out at night. And uh, and it's written. We call them scouses. Where is it? Where is it? This race of man monkey lived chiefly on fish. They had no language, but seemed to understand each other by fearful screaming and roaring. They were very mischievous to cattle, and the inhabitants became afraid of them. There was nothing that frightened them except fire, and when the inhabitants heard they were nearby, they would set fire to the heath to frighten them. Now, there's uh, on this William Jevning channel, I'll give you the links later. There was I'll find the links, I've already shared them. About an encounter with these these that i mean this this it's hard enough to digest that they live in the wild lands of the new colonies of australia and america but to think that they're still in england well i put it to you like this uh, russians take it seriously asians take it seriously different versions of them throughout the the the, the, the first time the vietnamese had Re, re, heard about them again was in the Vietnam War because that's the first time anyone went in those deep forests, those deep jungles. You know, usually the people of those countries don't go in the, that deep in the jungle. Throughout Mongolia, throughout everywhere, but where I am here in, in, in northern Europe, in northern Scandinavia, I'm quite sure that they're gone from here. However, I don't think they could have swum out of Britain. And if they lived in the forests of uh, and survived on deer in in, uh, in northern Scotland, that and you have the legend of the, the tall grey man in the Craghorn Mountains in Scotland, it sounds mad. I mean, it sounds to the normies, it sounds mad enough uh, to, about them in America and Australia and wherever else. But uh, yeah, they they may still be in Britain in in Scotland as well. I suppose it's conceivable they could be in Wales as well because it's that's kind of similar. That's quite that can get quite remote. It's remote yeah. in the forest of Dean. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that incident that I read out, uh, that description that I read out from that ancient uh, ancient history of Caledonia, it's so matter of fact. It's so like just like a document, just saying, look, yeah, there's these buggers, and the only thing they fear is fire, and they scream at each other, and etc. Now, this is what I wanted to get onto about uh, what about what to do. Apparently, when you're in the woods and you find yourself 
in a situation you don't want to be in to American listeners is you need at least six fires around you to keep these things away. Uh, and uh, it is fire. The fire is the only uh, help you can have against it. It reminds you of the uh, the ring race in Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, just a bit. <laughs> I know it's uh, it's it's a lot of subjects, but I, I did. I, know, I feel like I haven't let anyone else speak much, but I, I did want to talk a bit more about the Steve Isall in Oh, hold on, hold on. You're, you're in the you're in the bucket again, mate. Every time I mention Steve Isdall. Yeah, it does seem to be, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I, I just want to mention how. Like, <laughs> and again, <laughs> stop saying. Just again. just call him S.I. or something. <laughs> it's kind of. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Well, anyway, it's just the point that he's made this this case where you know he's he's created this channel for people to give their reports without being concerned about uh, being taken for a ride by these quote unquote uh, researchers and professionals, and that he's really dark on the state of what he calls this stage of the game and this stage of the game with the way it's been controlled opposition and and had this he says he says often i want to know who the jerk is that told everyone to automatically tell someone that when they say hey when a war veteran or a logger or a trapper or, or a games officer or or, or or a ranger or whoever these people are that work in the woods whenever this person says hey yeah this i, I seen this whoever the person is that said you should automatically mock them and laugh at them for that is, is, is where does this attitude come from that we should just not believe people? Because when you talk about the discovery of like the gorilla and stuff like that, the, the empirical thing is, is that the, the way you prove it is by seeing it. Now I understand yeah, we don't have one, but um, the Patterson footage is as close to evidence as you're going to get. And it's mostly the consensus is mostly that that is genuine footage. Well the, well, the coelacanth, like that, was thought disappeared since the since the prehistoric age, and it was found what in the sixties or something. You know, the, the, you know, just because something hasn't been seen, it doesn't mean it's not there, does it? No, exactly. Uh, it's pretty nuts. And another thing is you've got to remember is that when we when we came in these colonies, we came and started building on their highways. We started building out in the middle of where where it's their lounge room. You know, like settlers didn't listen to advice. I don't want to keep, you know, shilling for the, the native population, but when they said, yeah, don't don't settle that area, that's their area, and, and no no one listened to them. It's the same in Australia. Like, I put on, on my channel a report, like I said, about this biker and this other fellow, and they asked the questions when, when they first got advice from the, the local wise elders. They said, okay, have you built property recently? I'm like, yes. Okay, so where is it? It's like, it's there. It's like, Okay, you just built a house in the middle of their little highway. That's why you're getting trouble because they're pissed off that you just went and built a house in the middle of their lounge room. So it's like we, and when it comes to Pilates and the disappearances, you have a lot regarding like mushroom picking and berry picking. Now you've got to remember that their motivation is like ninety percent based around the search of food. So if native peoples had a, had a deal with them, that we picked the berries during the day and they picked them during the night. And if you stay past dusk, if you stay past the evening and you start getting stuff thrown at you and you start getting roared at, that's because they're saying, hey, hey, that's not part of the deal. You go home now. It's our time to pick the huckleberries. 
there's an understanding then huh, there was yeah well it's anyway back to australia for a second i'll just tell you quickly it it does seem that the, the, this hairy man thing is all the way down the east coast through the great dividing mountain range or like if, if you listen to this channel the yaoi hunters the reports if you listen to some of these reports countless countless audio reports of real ochre aussie you know they they unlike me they actually sound australian you know these real aussie guys you know given oh yeah i was just driving a truck through the brindabellas and this thing came out of nowhere and barged the truck like they'll jump out and barge trucks and barge cars things like they're much more aggressive in australia just like <laughs> Either way, I just wanted to come here and say that uh, we've been misled intentionally about this. Well, it's, I always go by the, when you look at UFOs and ghosts, it, when you look at the sheer volume of reports, if 99.99999% are all bullshit, there's still one hell of a lot of reports that have something to them, isn't there? Yeah, well, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's also about... Yeah, well, yeah, well, exactly. But the the thing is, is that there's the, the so many similarities from colony to colony. You know, even small details that I myself have sort of like picked up on that isn't commonly talked about, and they seem sort of petty. But it's like if you um if you compare certain reports, it could be in Bhutan, it could be like you uh, you mentioned Yeti before, right? Okay, so yeah. there's these names, all these all these names of them in all these different countries, yeah. Now, some of the excuses for the Yeti is that they just put out their downies or they put out some deformed kid and it somehow survived in the snowy mountains, which is unlikely. But if you count just the names alone, hundreds of different names in America, like Sasquatch isn't actually a name. That was like an Anglified version of some, some name that they had for it, you know. So you've got countless names. It's in every state in America, every everywhere in Canada. Is right across Russia, right across Mongolia, China. It's called the the Yeren. Uh, the Vietnamese even have their own name for it, don't they? No, all throughout Malaysia. And that's the thing. These countries take it seriously. These countries aren't scoffing and mocking at the Malaysian government. They find the the prints. Okay, so talking about evidence, the prints that have dermal ridges in it. This is something that Asians take seriously. They, you don't need some random, uh, random one-off uh, American anthropologist that uh, from Monster Quest History Channel show that's actually going to give it some thought. And you know what? I keep ranting and going all over the place, but I have to bring in, uh, go back to, while we're talking about evidence. Another thing uh, the Canadian hunter says often is he says, the DNA is done. The DNA is done. It's in. David, uh, I won't say his last name either. He <laughs> provided four D, four of the DNA samples to uh, a, 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 a woman. I won't say her name either. A woman who uh, ran the sequencing on it to labs that had no idea what they were testing for, and it all came back maternal, human maternal DNA, unknown paternal. <laughs> so, and. And your man from Mr. Thornberg, he provided four of those samples. And what the Canadian hunter constantly says is, it's not about proving it anymore. It's done. The DNA's in. It's done. And that has been suppressed. The woman who sequenced it has been discredited. 
and this is this is this is where we where we really start to get into dangerous territory because there is a, a serious effort to uh, to silence and discredit the evidence itself. Disinfo, disinfo, smear. I mean, it, it's a you know they've got this down pat from the UFO stuff, haven't they? It's 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 not it's not new tactics from them, is it? Well, it's almost like more of a pressing issue than the. Um... UFO stuff because if the if the, if there's terrestrial UFOs that are that have been here longer than we have that have considered this planet a a base of theirs since before we popped up wherever we popped up whatever your religious leanings are however much thousands or millions of years or you know whatever you consider the uh, however old we are or you know ancient civilizations Atlantis and blah 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 you know however, however old we are there may be inhabitants in bases doesn't have to be in Antarctica it could be wherever. That consider this their home turf. Anybody have visitors? Oh, you gone again? No. Gone again. <laughs> you may have visitors from abroad yeah. uh, that uh, also consider this their home turf. You know that uh, the it's you know it's their home turf. However, the situation with uh, beings that live permanently here. That is what we're talking about in the woods is more of a pressing issue for us and bringing it back to our thing this thing of ours is <laughs> that rural a rural uh, uh oh i almost said the w word the rural rural uh, of our folk are the ones that have to deal with them when they come in and steal big sacks of food for the horses or when they come in and cave a horse's skull in So why 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 do they kill? So they obviously why would they kill the horses? The horse attack them or? This is the thing. Apparently, they like uh, they like dogs uh, to eat. That is this is the main thing that differentiates with us and them is they don't like dogs. Uh, they 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 will eat horses and there's there's legends of uh, natives leaving out moose and stuff for them as like a sacrifice and you know poor old moose gets dismembered. So basically, they knew the rules. As, as you know, I don't want to do the same the same point over and over again. But um, yeah, that's just basically what it came here to say: is that, that uh, the stage the stage of where it's at now is where there is more people having problems with them, realistic problems, and having nowhere to turn. And then they find these small communities of people say, "Okay, don't leave trash outside your house," because. Like I said, they're motivated by food. So they'll go through trash. They'll take food for the farm animals. It's like if raccoons and stuff come in and wreck up your trash or open up sacks of uh, cattle feed, that's one thing. We're talking about sacks of feed that are lifted and carried off and disappeared. And they say, yeah, okay, don't leave your feed out. Don't leave this out. Uh, in, in Australia, you know, you, there was a, a case of this, uh, this biker in the Blue Mountains and uh, he had his goats taken. By one, you've seen it just walking off with a goat under its arm. <clears throat> I mean, you can go into lots of places, but put their butt in. The other guys haven't said much. I feel bad for all Hobbit and Nordic. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised Hobbit hasn't spoken, but I'll bet you there, mate. <laughs> He's like, I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> you got any questions, Nordic? I'm still here. I'm just listening intently. It's very interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Well, thank you. I thought I'd just come on and get mocked by you, Camps. 
Uh, you, 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 you always say that every time you come on, but no, this is. I, I really, I really didn't know that much about Bigfoot. I mean, I knew there was various Bigfoot, but I didn't know like what you were saying about about um, about them uh, eat, possibly about them eating people, and I didn't know how clo- how close it, how close they actually were to civilization. I thought they kind of kept themselves to themselves. Well, like I was saying about the logging, apparently the logging has left more cleared areas, meaning there's more small tender leaf growth on the forest floor, which has led to a deer increase in population. With 30 years ago, it was 300,000 deer. Now it's like three, uh, 30 million in America. So it's like the more deer, the more of them. The more of them, the more they start to encroach on us. And oh, that's, that's what I was going to say. Is go- there any, uh, does anybody have any idea where they live? What Do, do they live in a... Do they just sleep on the ground? Do they... Well, well, that's it. They, we we only started. We as our species only started sleeping like eight-hour nights after the agrarian revolution. After we started working hard all day and we needed a long night's sleep, they are more like what we were, where we were frugal sleepers in our earlier evolution, or whatever you want to call it, our earlier period, hunter-gathering, foraging period. So they'll sleep frugally. If you if you look at um, uh, these documentaries like in Australia, there's a, a long-term researcher named Dean Harrison. They'll find these like nests where they, you know, they, they make like a sort of nest and you walk past it and you'd never know it was there. So, you know, they like a bit of comfort. They'll put in the boughs, you know, like Harry and the Hendersons, you like you put a little, little few, few pine tree branches down for a little bit of comfort. But they don't, they don't uh, like us, you know, they don't really need comfort. They need to be not trapped. And they learned not to live uh, in some cases in caves because they learned that uh, our ancestors, or not our ancestors, but uh, the other uh, uh, populations of um, uh, America and Australia, for example, would uh, would corner them in their caves and smoke them out. And then when they came out, they'd hunt them down. These are like identical stories in Australia and America to them, to the way. The reason they were hunted is because they were opportunists, you know, like a kangaroo got a, a kangaroo got a got a tall chock to the noggin with a with a boomerang and they come out of nowhere and snatch it and run off with it. <laughs> and it's the same in same in America. That you'd kill a deer and you'd go you'd go, you'd follow the blood trail and then all of a sudden there's a pile of intestines and the deer was gone. So it's like, uh, you know, uh, theoretically, they just remove the guts to make it not so heavy to run off with. Hello, guest. Um, oh, curiosity, the chat's saying, do you have a YouTube channel? No, yeah, I do, but it's only for people I know. <laughs> for my friend. No, no I, said, I already answered that one in the chat. I said, you just talk in the chat, don't, don't you, guest? <laughs> no, well... I, I actually I actually had a certain harper harping around my channel recently. Oh. And uh, and I uh, how do you say uh, I says I says, Who are you and where did you come from? I only the only followers I have are people I know, all twenty of them. So it's uh, uh-huh. but, when you uh, when you say you're a harper, someone who's interested in um Hobbit, you, say, you, sound like you've been, you sound like you've been hitting the helium, Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, let me well, try turning it off and on again. Uh, but just before that, I'll make, the, I'll make the statement. When you say harp, do you mean like uh, radio uh, telescope uh, experiments, or do you mean like Stephen Harper? No, neither. <laughs> uh, there was a reference that uh, the lads will have to show you. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mad fuzz, is that no, you? But, 
No, but the the, uh, the, the the question about the channel, just to be serious, the, the stuff on my channel is not uh, is not, not nothing that you'd be interested in about this. Uh, but um, we can we can uh, I'll repeat what you need to go look for if you've been interested. That is, uh, the Canadian Hunters channel is the facts by howtohunt.com. His channel and his channel, channel name is uh, Pro Guide sixty six. If you put in his uh... That's that's his actual YouTube channel name. If you go straight to, right. yeah. And then, and then the other one is is William uh, Jevning, uh, J E V N I N G. That's a uh, a guy who's got. Now this guy, I tell you, I have to tell you this quickly. He had a wild podcast a few weeks ago about is a Polish woman came on talking about underground tunnels and facilities under the Polish forests where. Uh, your muckers, the Germans, apparently descended into after they knew the, uh, the, 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 the game was over for them. And they said, uh, look, we know it's over for us. We're just going to go down into these little tunnels here and, uh, you know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll come back uh, like, like an Antarctica sort of scenario, but uh, right under the forests of Germany and Poland. And she starts talking about werewolves knocking about wearing German military jackets and Bigfoots in Polish forests. So <laughs> That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Wait, so that wasn't just an American werewolf in London. Uh, what was that film with the Nazi American werewolf in London? In yeah, well, they're like oh, Nazi the one, zombie okay. monster things, aren't they? That attack the uh, the poor Jewish werewolf. The beginning of that, it was just sound like you're underwater, mate. I did it. <laughs> We're all having mic problems tonight. <laughs> I told you. Oh. Apparently, apparently, this is hot stuff now. Apparently. This is something they don't want people knowing about, and uh, that's why I've come here to tell you. Well, this is some real esoteric knowledge. I, I didn't know the half of it. I didn't know they were being being exterminated like Nightbreed style. Mm. That's that's a reference well, for the kids, isn't it? Nightbreed. Werewolf genocide going on in in Poland. Is that is that why like the Iron Curtain happened so that people couldn't know about what was going on? <laughs> All, all, all I all I know is that if you go and listen to this podcast, you're gonna be absolutely gobsmacked with what this woman talks about. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to William Jevning's channel, it's called the World War Two Bigfoot episode. It was a few weeks ago. It's absolutely nuts. Because for me, the hardest thing to, to think is that they're still in Europe, in the Carpathians, in the in Romania and Poland, but. You know, I, I, it seems to be that the owl troll mythology, like you were saying about fairies, w was related to them. And it feels like they've been mostly, for the most part, driven out of Europe. Yeah, there's, well, I, uh, I, I don't know, there, there, are a lot if, of, um, there are a lot of places in Europe with like vast, vast expanses of forest, aren't there? So it's very possible they could still live in certain parts of Europe. You know what I reckon you should do just for the crack is can you put up a video? You should you should watch this video of these Indonesian fellows and their trail bikes that come across the little the little Homo Flores the little oh, the uh, is that the Yeren the Yeren hybrid video is it that one? No, no, not that one. No, no. Uh, uh, Jesus, uh, your microphone, uh, not the microphone. Your your mouse is so loud. Why is that? It's like, I, my God, that clicking is just, it, it, it pierces through all your speech and everything. Is it? How's my, uh, is the keyboard loud as well? No, your, your keyboard, your keyboard's all right. No, I've got, I've got. Uh, the, the mouse keyboard. is, the, the mouse is right under the you mic. The keyboard's that, just the left. Yeah, one, well, 
and then play the other one after if you like. It's pretty funny just to watch, but um, uh, I mean, you got a link for this. Of it, did you? you got a link for this other one you want me to watch? I'll just, I'll just, I'll send it to you. I'll just get it now. I'll I stick got that a bit of an to... intro of some guy's channel, but. I'll stick the Yeren hybrid on while you're looking for And here's some esoteric uh, news. I'm just going to throw this out to the chat here. And uh, so imagine you've got a car and you turn the ignition off, but yet uh -oh. the, the, the electricity keeps draining. And then you go, you, you start looking online and it's like, oh, yeah, the, the software on it needs to be updated. So you go to the, the manufacturer of the vehicle's website and you find a 2.8 gigabyte download. So you download it and you put it on the drive and you make sure it's XFAT formatted and you put it into it and it doesn't recognize it. And then it's like, and, and this will stop my battery from draining, right? So, no. And that was another thing as well. I, I plugged it, I thought, okay, maybe the USB socket's aren't working. So I've got some some fairy lights and I plugged oh, those in. And, uh, when, when those plugged in, oh, they both work. I'll just play the video. Oh. We're playing a video, okay. Oh, Long no, story right. short, I haven't, got, I haven't got the, I haven't put the sound on. I've just put the video on. I don't know. Hasn't he Long just got that? Hasn't he just got that thing? What's it called? What? That disease with a really small brain that you get that you get in Brazil. Is it the Zika virus? Is it Zika? Yeah. The simp virus. Yeah. You start simping for women and you get small brained. Yeah. Brutus wrote about it. He warned us two years ago, but none of us listened. Read Brutus. Oh, why, Brutus? He's, he's hard as fuck, mate. He thinks he's proper hard, like. <laughs> uh, Brutus, if you're listening, I'd like to, uh, how do you say, give you a little bit of a, uh, teach you some manners, buddy. <laughs> there's a, I think there's a cue. Yeah. Why? It's my cue to fly up and teach your manners, me out. Yeah, he's a I don't know. I think that dude's just got the Zika virus, hasn't he? Uh, guest. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Co I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced by that one. I think they. I think they're just mocking the afflicted on that video. He's, oh, he's I... the one who gave it to the Brazilians. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Oh yeah, I've, I've seen that smooth brain before. Yeah. Anyway, I put the other one in your thing there. Was that Marco I just heard? Maybe. Yeah, Marco, see ya. You call me the haunter? What'd you call me? The chat? <laughs> oh, spooky. Oh, why we Marco doesn't even say hello to his mate. Hello, mate. <laughs> G'day. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you we. That might be a bit patronising, we Marco. Cobber. <laughs> I was wondering, uh, right, I'm put the this... avatar of the, uh, the clansman there? I was like... <laughs> spooky I'm ghost. What do you that's, mean? That's, it's just a ghost. That's just someone dressed. It's just a spooky ghost. That's just fancy, fancy oh, dress. Well, how how silly of me! I know. Honestly, confusing it with something else. You missed out on the on the pre-show uh, gossip you were looking for, Marco. You'll have to. For the other lads will have to fill you in later. God, I missed out on all of it as well. I, I just oh, had shit, a long I think fucking motors, doesn't it? Hmm. Anyway, I uh, still on. Uh, we still on here. Yeah, yeah, we still on. I'm just playing. I'm just playing the video that uh, that guest gave me. Well, I uh, I could have come with more uh, organized information and more uh, sort of you know 
Well, you are you are allowed back on. So if you if you want to if you want to get all your stuff together and then find a Thursday and then if that you can do. Yeah, then no. we'll well, I mean, you I in. mean, I, I got out mostly what I wanted to tell you. It was just that this sort of stuff is like uh, like I'd put down like the 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 account I gave you earlier about how I uh, had a crash course into realizing uh, the reality of the Australian wilderness sent me into uh, like when we got back that night, we didn't tell the, uh, the, the, the parents uh, in the hotel, you know, we didn't, we all agreed not to say anything, you know, and, uh, and for years I just tried to forget about it, you know, because I thought, okay. And, and also like I'd grown before we uh, moved to Sydney, I'd actually grown up in the, for a few years as a as a wee nipper in uh, in actual Aussie country up in the north, you know, and uh, so there's like you know all sorts of. The only weird thing about this video is taking a video of himself doing a video. <laughs> What's that, the one I sent. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the, the, the I don't know if you've noticed, but he's got like a he's got a GoPro on and a video camera. Yeah, right. But just well, anyway, but this one is um. The thing is, is the way it runs is it runs too fast for it to be like a, to be like a child. It's like a, it, it basically looks like a real life living Homo Flores. Yeah. And you literally only see a glimpse of it, don't you? See it? Yeah. But what I was saying is not to, not to blab about myself, but it was saying that that incident to talk about the PTS of it is is uh i i suppressed it you know because that part when it peered out from the tree and then hit itself and then peered out again that just that just thinking about that now it it, it done damage you know like so what, so what did, you, you, did know, you get a vibe from it did you was it like a curious child well, I, was it... I, I lobbed a bottle of methylated spirits at, at the tree and set the tree on fire and we fucked off like it's like, uh, like, like I said, I was really reckless back then. Uh, like, well, I was reckless throughout my whole teenage years, but I was reckless from around that age as well. And, and actually, I started messing up at uh, Scouts to uh, to get kicked out of Scouts because of this. Because uh, you didn't want to go back into the go, go out camping no, in the woods or whatever. I, no, I started like smoking cigarettes and like selling penthouse and all sorts of stuff. Like, just you know, <laughs> just. Uh, I was I was in the, I was like trying to do everything I could for them to be like no nah, it's a bad kid and I got and I got and it worked I got out because when we'd go out I was like yeah I don't uh, it's it's to be honest with you it's another reason part of the reason apart from uh, getting kicked out of uh, university for uh, certain controversies and also a failed uh, relationship back in Oz it's another reason is I wanted to have a remote house out in the woods you know and I realized you know this is not. I mean, there's going to be Aussies listening to this thinking I'm a traitor or whatever, but I just realized this is not a place. This is not our, a place where my soul can be comfortable on the land as it can be in the green of Europe. But, um, not, like... not to, not to Auss Aussie bash, but I, I did a job once where I spoke to a woman and she lived in Oz and she couldn't stand the minute of it because it was, uh, she felt like she was trapped there because it's, it, it costs more, it costs less to get in than it does to get out, doesn't it, in, in plane fares. And also she said she used to read, she used to read a lot of reports of like uh, dismembered bodies found in suitcases on people's lawns and things like that. Mate, mate, you, you guys think you've got it. Like, okay, when I first came to UK uh, in my mid twenties, the, the Donald, the Chris Donald case was fresh uh, in the mid two thousands. And, um, and when I first came, I was, I heard rumors, uh, you know, how blood and honor said that they castrated him as well. Now 
I uh, I don't know if that's been verified. When I first got here, and I thought this fucking them ones doing cutting off danglers of, of our mm. boys in this, you know, like did I leave Sydney for this? Well, there's rumours that 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 happened at the Batter Clan as well, isn't there? Well, it's just like, I mean, I uh, I I left with the, with the clear goal of not returning because I thought first of all I'd had one too many Aussie women because they're they're pretty until they talk, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> It's like uh, I thought. All right, I'm gonna go to Europe and settle there. And uh, I, uh, I, I was like, "Fuck, really? Is this that?" And then, but then, uh, like in, uh, and that's how I ended up in Belfast. I wanted to go somewhere where there was uh, regulations in place, where uh, uh, <clears throat> certain vibrant gangs d- d- didn't exist, and the ones that do didn't fuck around, like your Poles and your Albanians and that. But. Um, I mean, I, I keep uh, hearing of people getting missing in the outback, never to be seen again. I just think to myself, is it the Abos doing it, or is it something else going on? No, no, no. The outback is another bag of tricks. There is like literal demons in the outback, man. Well, I it's heard. Like... Oh, I've, I've got now. I've got a spooky outback story. I was talking to a guy that, uh, that that traveled the outback, and he was told that when you start driving on the outback, you don't stop the car for anything at all. And he said the other weird thing was he saw someone trying to hitchhike and then I think it was like five or ten miles down the road saw the same person trying to hitchhike. Mm. It's it's just, it's like I was saying, there's something like when you're in the the ecological imperialism of the of of of, of the of the the suburbs of of sydney or wherever or even down in victoria it's very england like with the you know like farm pine uh, not pine trees but you know like true far, farming uh so the 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 environment's much more similar much more green and it's you know a little bit more rainy but that's all like that's all it's all fake you know like it's all these people's green lawns and all that you know it's it's all fake you know it's uh, it's this e- it's this ecological sort of manipulation to turn it into another europe new zealand was a lot easier to make look like that because it's naturally more green over there but um now i'm i was talking more about well the subject of the stream is that i realized that um like I said, that I had another experience with, uh, with with the actual subject, with the actual big fella. It's 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 not a place for us. You you, you can stay in your cities or you can stay uh, whatever. But if if you live out near the scrub out in, the, in Australia, it's like there's there's things in the wilderness that is just you don't feel like you can. Uh, well, I don't. I didn't feel like it was a place where I wanted to have a, a remote uh, place that I have now. And now it's like, you know, going on minus like 11, 12 degrees outside. And uh, and I'm fine with that, you know. Minus know. nine here. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's like it's like whatever, right? It's it's and I'm not one of the, and I never complained about the heat back in Aussie either. But um, it's like, for example, like I have uh, I have a plan that I may retire in Tasmania at one point because I have a property that I will inherit there. But uh Tasmania down there near Antarctica, that's like a little England down there. It's not, it's, it's perfect down there, you know, and it's also probably the, the safest place for us left in the world, actually. I was (laughs) going to say, I I look at the sort of people that inhabit Tasmania and just think I could fit in there. 
Oh, why you should you should see it? There's all these stone churches and green rolling hills. You know, another thing about Tassie is when you see the uh, uh, when I was there recently, you see when you see the sheep and the cattle. Like you drive on a road and there'll be sheep in a pasture on one side, and then cows on the other cattle. And sheep as far as the eye can see. And you know why? It's because the fox, the lovely fox that uh, was brought to uh, brought to Australia for um, little sports that a certain lady likes in these circles. Uh, was uh, was brought to the mainland, but it didn't get to Tasmania. It's because there's no foxes in Tasmania. The sheep are as far as the eye can see. Well, they had that thing. Is it the thylacine? Is that oh, they? They do articles yeah, no, about it all the fox. time in the you unexplained fox, mysteries. Uh, pet in mainland Australia. Uh, New Zealand has stoats and weasels and stuff like that, but um, Aussie got uh, rabbits. I thought they had the foxes. Tasmanian tiger. I thought, is it the Tasmanian? It's like a well, wolfy, doggy looking thing, thing, isn't it? They say there's been sightings of them deep in the woods, but yeah. that's <laughs> they are, uh, yeah. But the, Tasmania is, is uh, I mean, there's also this dark history that them, um, the uh, the noble first nations people were completely wiped out in Tasmania. So there's this little bit of a uh, little bit of a dark energy where everyone's like, yeah, we kind of actually finished the job down here. So it's, uh, it's a little bit unfortunate. That being said, you know, I, I really do think it's cringe of these people like Randbot, you know, sort of taking the piss of them, sniffing petrol all the time. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, it really is our fault. You know, they can't handle their booze. So. <laughs> You know, well, it's, like, it's, you know it's, it's what we did to the, to the Indians as well, didn't we? On a different day of the week, because if they all got their paycheck on the same day of the week, none of them turn up for work the next day. <laughs> this is true. They're really, really like in Canada, America, you name it. These people just, you know, they should have stuck with maple syrup. Sniffing petrol, the sniff beneath and Ralph. Yeah, exactly. But you see what I mean, like. I don't know if you probably don't agree with me, but I really like, I've got a bit of a soft spot for them because, you know, like some of them fought in World War One, quite loyal, quite loyal uh, to the, uh, to the, uh, the angler that they respected. And, you know, all this sort of stuff, the, the state, the state of them these days, you know, the petrol sniffing and, and you know, the, 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 the domestic violence and all that. It's like, you know, we need to have some sense of uh, accountability for that, because, like, in certain like. Yeah, but the thing is, it's being it's being done to us British people. It's it's been it's being done to us European peoples as well, though, isn't it? We we're gonna, you know, you know, in fifty years' time, we're gonna end up drinking petrol, aren't we? <laughs> well, we well we <laughs> no, laughed out, like, laughed out by another our state. But we globally is much much more pressing, but yeah. no, what I mean is, it's like whenever we went, it's it's like I'm not saying oh boohoo what we did, but the point is, is like. It, making your whole identity and making streams, you know, all oh, the petrol hour. And I've seen these skinwalker tape dickheads went on their fucking on, on Rambot stream the other day. It's like, honestly, fuck off. Like, you know, you make your whole identity about taking a piss of these underlings. It's just like, it's cheap. It's, it's uh, and uh, like I said, like when I was young in the North, I grew up with some of them and they're not as naturally violent as the, uh, as the more tropical vibrancy that America has. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think um, uh, God forgive me for saying this, but Catboy Cammy said the same. He said they're not as violent. Well, it can be. It can be really brutal. But again, that's because of alcohol and booze and that. Yeah. The thing is, what I mean is, is back on the subject is that there's a, there's a certain arrogance that we never listen to their warnings. And the fact that 
they even took the time to try to warn us about you know like this is you know this is there i mean there's all sorts of shit like they i don't know you you want to hear something nuts you hear about this thing called the megalania this is like a like a car-sized lizard like a goanna like a massive land dragon like you know 10 times as big as the komodo dragon in indonesia and they're talking about this is there's reports of these army marines you know, one got taken out and there's these massive dinosaur prints and stuff like the stuff that they tried to warn us about. Like, yeah, don't go in that Daintree rainforest. There's massive giant lizards as big as a truck in there. Like, <laughs> Jesus. But, um, yeah, no, the thing we're all saying about feeling unsettled is, is like the, the main thing that put me off without going on about myself is that in Sydney in the 90s was particularly turbulent with some, we had the same, Actually, this is another thing I want to mention now that we're talking about it completely off topic is the situation you have in England with your um with the uh, with the grooming that happened in Sydney uh, as well and got completely covered up by the feds. It's like uh, the same people behind it, the same flimmy flams as I call them, uh, did the exact same strategy, getting the young young girls all plastered with booze and drugs and whatnot, and then before you know it, they're in they're in a house and they you know get taken advantage of on that and it's like this situation where people think that it's some sort of fucking paradise where you go and and see the goddamn sydney harbour bridge and there's kangaroos jumping around it's like no it's like an american hellscape of any other major city except there is like these these those those kind of wheat and bread head gangs and then you got these uh, like when i was a teenager there was this uh, first generation from vietnam war uh, heroin syndicates and they didn't care if you're american or, or aussie all they saw was the enemy you know and they tell you what these fucking vietnamese gangs didn't fuck around i had them they, they used to carry their machetes in their pants strapped to their yeah. leg and they used to pull it out through the fly the zip the fly zip they don't zip they don't zip the fly or before you know it there's a, a fucking meter long machete whipped out you know it's like oh, yeah. Sydney was rough as guts in the 90s. And now it's all been, you know, not this last year. But all, yeah, sanitized, all cleaned up for tourism, all this. Nothing ever happened. The thing you hear about these days is is the import of this tropical vibrancy in Melbourne, where they're going out in gangs at 200 and breaking into Granny's house and, you know, townhouse at 5 p.m. while she's watching Wheel of Fortune. It's just like that. If anybody here is interested to know what Australia looks like, uh, I mean, you 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 can sort of vouch for this with how accurate or not. That there's a channel called Drain Addict, and he's uh, he's a plumber that goes around unblocking drains in various uh, towns in Australia. I think he's based in Melbourne, um, but it, from what I've seen of Australia, it's like you've got pretty nice houses, pretty big, you've got flats as well, and it just like. It's like here, except you've got that kookaburra, which is very loud. Um, <laughs> you've got more sunshine than we've got over here. And, oh, occasionally it's like, yeah, there's a funnel web spider, so I'm just going to put that in a, in a drinks bowl and take it to hospital so they can make some antivenom from it. Type mm. in. No, no, no one's died from a funnel web since, like, 1982. The thing, the thing is, is you just don't leave your shoes outside. And if you do, you shake them out and don't put your fucking leg. Well, it happened to me in Europe. Like, I, I, in this summer, I put my put put some shoes on that I had out in the outhouse, and there was one of those massive hornets in it. One of these uh, Euro, the, the European, uh, sorry, not European. These Asian giant hornets. Oh, the killer Europe. hornet, is it? The killer Mur- murder no, hornet. Murder no, hornet. I, that's the one. Fucker, as big as my thumb, you know. 
and and I felt this nipping in my sock, like nip, 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 and it was biting with its um with its mouth. Jesus Christ! But it couldn't get the angle to get me with the bum stinger. Yeah, I uh, I I've, I've seen bastard. big big bastard um, hornets when I was in the south of France, and I was reminded of the cicadias. They've got ones which go every year, whereas in America there's every seventeen years. Seventeen. Yeah. I um, yeah. I, I I yeah no I I have my boots here and any sort of shoes and stuff. I always give them a tap because there might be a couple of spiders there, and they, they might not be poison enough to hurt but at the same time i don't like the idea of creepy crawlies and squishing yeah, them against my toes it, well, I, I, know, I know some of the gold being so dangerous is fucking cringe as fuck because uh south america for example got little fish that'll swim up your dick it's got fucking ants when these <laughs> ants come through the fucking forest all the monkeys and all the animals run for their lives because they come through the forest and they just demolish anything in their way it's like I've seen. There's like they'll take out a jaguar. A jaguar get taken out by a swarm of these massive ants. Oh, you know? They even have an outbreak of uh, rabid dogs just killing children. And all that. Where's that? Uh, in, I think it's Brazil. Brazil. I thought you were making. I thought you were doing a gag about the dingo. Do you, do you remember that one guest? That the woman who claimed the, the real case got... of a, the real case of a dingo that actually did eat the wee girl, and your woman got put to jail for it. Yeah. Is, is that because yeah. I thought there was controversy about that one? I thought it no, was... no, 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 no. There's a film about it called Evil Angels. Yeah, that happened in the 80s. You're yeah, the Chamberlain family. And the dingo, the dingo, if if you leave a child unattended, a dingo is going to fucking eat it. Of course it is. It's like, it's like, uh, but the thing is, is like on Fraser Island, uh, places where dingoes have been, they come up and they feed them, they say, don't feed the dingoes because they don't want to encourage them coming close. Like, Dingoes is just like a little scrawny wolf, you know. You'll fucking kick it in the face if it gives you any attitude. But it's like <laughs> they—they're not to be, not to be like uh, allowed to be, you know, lose their fear. And that's another thing that's happening in America, actually. Well, even even thinking? squirrels do that. Even even a squirrel that's lost its fear is dangerous. Did you, did you ever hear that that case in America where that squirrel was terrorizing a fucking street because <laughs> it had just <laughs> lost its fear of humans and gone batshit? Well, I have to say quickly about the American situation is I actually have a feeling that it's being done on purpose. This thing that's going on in America with this conservation of, uh, you know, the reintroduction of wolves and Yellowstone and this thing about all these animals. You know, you watch this show on the um, History Channel years ago called Mountain Men. One of them goes in to get rid of the cougar that's becoming a problem. There's a critical situation going on in America where all these animals are losing their natural fear of humans of the past 30, 40 years. And it's not leading to a good place. There's a lot of people having a lot of trouble with it. But, um, but yeah, just while I'm on a rant about Australia, is this thing about Australia, first of all, the, the first thing that's cringe is the Aussies are the best shit posters. Like, fuck off, <laughs> honestly, right? There's only one uh, shit poster that I won't mention by name. I know you guys don't approve of that stuff, but anyway. <clears throat> uh, the thing is, is that the danger factor. Yeah, but the, the southern, uh, as, as someone said in chat, the southern dingo is pretty harmless. It, it's, it's pretty much oh. all bark and no bite, isn't it? this this fucking guy fucking when i was on that sivnat channel with that fucking cunt whale jupiter he was in the chat and he started he started fucking threatening me he's fucking our southern dango it's like he thinks he's hard as fuck i will fucking break that cunt i swear to god like so he goes down threatening all sorts of people yeah he's he's so pathetic but anyway now let me finish the aussie rant the dangerous creatures thing right yeah okay crocodiles yeah you don't fuck around with crocodiles. Alligators in Florida, 
no, no, they're afraid of humans. Yeah. The main thing in Florida, as I understand, apart from the skunk ape, <laughs> is, uh, is, is, is these pest snakes, these massive uh, Asian pythons that are bred with local snakes and stuff like that. And then basically me being uh, where I am uh, now in uh, Norway is uh, like I as an Aussie am shit scared of wild pigs and uh, bears. Right? Have you, have bear you listened, have listened you. to too much X, wild Sam, have you? Fuck you up. <laughs> All right, but see like a snake, like there's only one snake in Australia that will actually chase you. It's called tiger snake. In South America, you have snakes that are actually aggressive that will fucking chase after you. You know, like Australia is, yeah, crocodiles are bad, sharks are bad, uh, yeah, dangerous, uh, dangerous jellyfish, a dangerous sort of octopus that have 10 times of tetra, 10, you know, five kinds of tetratoxin or whatever. Yeah, but a spider, if you can't manage to not bloody well check your shoes that you've left out on the porch, then that's your own fault. It's not like there's scorpions. Snakes aren't going to come inside. The only, the only dangerous thing living in the suburbs is if you're walking off it could be in a park or if you're walking down the bush or anything if you're creeping around and you step over a log and there's a snake sunbathing coiled up and you step on that snake and it bites you then you're fucked otherwise you make a racket when you're walking and all the snakes run away there's nothing else that's going to run and catch you and like i just said i am much more wary in these woods of pissing off a moose or coming across a bear or a wild pig than i am of snakes and spiders oh you know, yeah. I I saw this. Um, I used to love watching the Bush Tucker Man as a kid. Yeah, me too. Oh, okay. So you know, yeah, me. do you remember the episode? He did. He did yeah. an episode with Ray Mew. Yeah, I know. I loved that. They got very drunk together, and you could tell they were enjoying one another's company. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one I saw was he was out somewhere in, near near a river, and he's like, "Well, there's crocodiles here," so he was showing like loading this four four Magnum revolver. I thought, you can't do that in Australia anymore. So what are you supposed to do with the crocodiles? Just say, I don't consent to being eaten. So, well, well, the reality is, is no one is anywhere near where crocodiles are unless, unless you're out in the, out, like, out in the outback. And the thing is, you, you need to go and get your water, you know, like in Crocodile Dundee when she's down filling up the bottle, and, you know, that chick that's hot as fuck, that Polish chick. Oh, fucking, yeah. Um, uh, he left his know, wife, he left his to, wife for her, didn't he, uh, Paul Hogan? Why she's fuck when I was growing up that chicken crocodile Dundee I swear to fuck. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the fucking um the thing is they look for where you go. So same with you know like wild cows and stuff. They'll see if you go to drink water the same place they'll wait for you the next day the same place. You know you just don't do stupid shit like that. Like I fished in rivers in uh where there was crocodiles uh, as a as a young uh, lad up in, uh, in in Darwin. You know, and you see them there. You see them looking at you. But they're not going to come out out of the um out of the water after you on land, Do you know. You just have to. You don't go down like when we got the fish, we dragged them up the bank. We didn't go down near the water, you know. The main thing is like I'm not a surfer, dude. You know, I don't go surfing. I don't go swimming in the ocean because there's fucking sharks. There's shark attacks on the news that I mentioned. I watch on YouTube, the Aussie news. Like every week, there's someone, mostly tourists, like going swimming in this idyllic waters and the Whitsunday Islands and Queensland. And it's like, yeah, there's these dangerous sharks in the water stop swimming in the water, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's marine life that's dangerous. And if you're afraid of snakes and spiders, you're a pussy. 
Well, last time I was in Malta, it was a really, really hot summer. And I, I, I did swim in the sea once. It was in um, Budjibur Harbour. Um, but the rest of the time, I, I just stuck to the swimming pool because I remember just uh, there was one time I was out and they, they got the, the, this island between the Gozo and Malta called Camino and stops there and uh, loads of people in the Blue Lagoon. It looked absolutely gorgeous, but I saw jellyfish and a lot of them and someone got stung by it. And so uh, they had the Red Cross. They were there and they were just uh, spraying the wounds with uh, white vinegar. So I thought you used piss, but I thought, I thought is, you were going to say, "Do you oh, just whip your dick, dick out, start pissing on them?" <laughs> oh, that, that said, uric acid. Yeah, there's uric acid in urine, so maybe that's it. Creature on Earth is the box jellyfish, and when we used to like net bait fish, you get a you get occasionally a tentacle stuck in the net from a jellyfish, and it'd get you on the leg or something. You had to put acid or piss on it. Yeah. I remember once I was reading about poisons and um, because uh, polonium is the most poisonous thing, but it's radioactive. So I was like, all right, what about natural ones? And it seems there are some, there are plants which exist in Australia and they've managed to use uh, fluorine, which is a very reactive uh, halogen gas. And they've turned it into the world's worst uh, organic poisons. <clears throat> and I think they're saying it's, <clears throat> sorry, um, uh, chinky coffins make him up. Just it's full of phlegm. It's very, it's very <laughs> sticky. Um, but I think it's called. They call it the uh, not a cheeky yam. It's um, it's it's like a stinging nettle, but it, the pain like lasts forever and ever. And some people are driven mad by it, and others kill themselves because like I just thought to myself. I mean, I believe in God, but then I look at a plant like that and just thinking to myself. Does God really design a poison which drives people mad because it's that bad? You really design fish that swim up your dangler in the fucking yeah. Amazon? <laughs> yeah, is that well, that, that thing that, you're talking that, about, that, Hobbit? That is that the one where you literally? Um, I think someone. I think I read a report and someone brushed by it and it felt like they'd broken their leg. That that was the kind of pain they were describing from it. Anyway, uh, lads, I, uh, how do you say, have to stop making uh, so much noise uh, at this point of the evening. <laughs> but um, what I was going to say is um, it's been good to have the opportunity. And next time a opportunity comes up to just come on and uh, shitpost, I might do it and uh, maybe even get that Discord thing you kids use so I can come <laughs> on. That will ju yeah, but... just DM, DM me and we'll work something out. Well, it's like whenever it's uh, available for a little thing. Like I said, now that I live in Europe permanently over the years, coming years, and especially with the state of this ridiculous uh, planet that's going on, at the very least, it's nice to just have a few mates to uh, catch up with because you could say I haven't uh, an abundance of them up here with all these Nord cocks. <laughs> but, uh, yes. but, uh, I hope, you, hope I provided some interesting information for you guys and uh yeah we can do it again some other time we'll do it we'll we'll, we'll sort of like do an update on it i'll tell you something funny before i go is uh is a certain uh, johnny from a certain show have invited me on to do it because um 
that thing I was talking about, the God rod and the information I was given about him came from a certain Romanian woman that Donnie can tell you who it is uh, when you're off stream. Yeah, I know you're uh, talking and about. I was talking, I was talking to her about it, and then and then Johnny wanted me to come on, and I was thinking, ah, I'd disappoint all those other lads that I'm loyal to if I go on one of their shows. Uh, but then um, I don't mind. I mean, a, cer- a certain co-host that me and Hobbit used to have uh, appeared on Johnny's show the other week. He was, ta- he was talking. Yeah. Did you hear? Did you hear the episode? What were they talking? What was he talking about? Neanderthals. Oh no, it was, it was brilliant. It was a it was a three part special on Neanderthals and Cro Magnon and the Neanderthal Cro Magnon War, and I think it, it really sort of fits in, especially it t- with ties to anti semitism. It explains a lot. Hey, before you go, guest, I've got to ask, mm-hmm. what what's a liter of petrol and diesel cost you? A liter of petrol. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. What do you mean? Like back? Like what the price is back in Oz? I don't know. No, in, in Norway. Yeah. All right, here. Okay. Uh, do you have to sell your firstborn? No, 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 it's it's. Uh, how do you say? It's like a hundred something kroners. So I don't know. It'd be like a uh, hundred crowns. No, more than that. It's like a hundred something. So we're looking like fifteen something plus quid. Uh, Jesus. Know. Yeah, the thing that the worst thing is when you take your driver's license test. Get this, it's five thousand kroner. It's like about five hundred odd pounds to take your driver's license test, and then if you fail, you don't get the money back. Jesus Christ! Oh, I remember my cousins would turn me in Belgium. It's like, oh, we've got to pay sixty three euros for the driving test. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, what each time? And it's like, no, you you can have as many goes as you like, but it costs sixty three euros. It's like it's sixty pounds in the UK, and you've got to pay that every time. And I tell you something, shifty, what I did. They didn't accept my Aussie license to trans transfer to a, a an EU oh, and one of their licenses, but they would accept a, a British license to change into a into one of their licenses. So I popped over to Belfast, changed my Aussie license for a UK license, and came back with the UK license yeah go for it do it uh, genius, one, now i haven't even done slow training or anything a pound a pound oh. is 11.7 krona i've just checked the i've just checked the the, the extra. oh yeah i just looked as well yeah so right we, guys, uh, we'll talk, talk, talk another time then it's been uh been a ball yeah it's been good having you on we'll let we'll have you on again all right see you mate no no talk to me dude see ya